It's the rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Tuesday, August 17th. We are heading into the heart of the beast for sure and want to get you set up today, well, really this week, uh, with a uh, freshening up of my rankings across all the positions. Over at FTNFantasy.com, you'll see my tiers uh, updated this week. Quarterback went live yesterday. You can check it out for free, even if you're not a subscriber. The easiest way to find all my content, really simple. Go to ftnfantasy.com, scroll down just a little bit. You'll see all the uh, the author pages. You'll see like a little caricature image of me. <laughs> Click on that, and then that'll get you all my content. And a bunch of it is free, so you can check out what we have to offer there. Uh, but today, like I said, I do want to freshen up these rankings for you here at Quarterback. And remember, I've already talked about quarterback draft strategy, but just a simple refresher here. I'm not drafting a quarterback early in a 12-teamer, in a 10-teamer, in an 8-teamer, especially in an 8-teamer. I'm not drafting a quarterback in an 8-teamer, if I can get away with it, uh, in one quarterback leagues. I'm just not going to do it unless I am presented with two rounds of value. I don't know if any of these quarterbacks are going to present two rounds of value this year. Uh, in the middle rounds, essentially. You're not going to get Mahomes in round four or five. You're not going to get Allen or Murray in round five or six. You're not going to get Lamar or Dak in six or seven. Rodgers or Wilson in eight. You're just not going to do it. Herbert in eight. You're not going to do it. So it just doesn't make sense. From a roster-building standpoint, just given the overall depth at the position, it makes more sense to wait. Now, if you're in a 16-teamer, I get prioritizing it a little bit more because... In that type of league, you're talking 25, 26, 27, 28 quarterbacks might be rostered. That's a lot. So having a higher-end guy, it does help because you're not going to be able to stream like you can. Even in a 12-team league, you can stream. In a 10-team league, you can certainly stream. In two quarterback or super flex formats, and, and just a reminder, I would not go super flex any larger than 12 teams. Those leagues, I still don't think you need the top quarterbacks. I think you can wait until 10 are off the board. You can still get Matthew Stafford or or Brady or, uh, you know, if you're shooting for a higher ceiling, guys like Burrow. You can still get guys like that. You can go very safe with that route, too, and have an advantage at running back and wide receiver. That's my objective. I want to beat out my opponents there, uh, even in a two-quarterback or super flex league. So here we go. I mean, at the top, it is Mahomes. I love Mahomes. And the reason why Mahomes is is really firmly anchored in here, it, it it's the legit 5,000-yard potential. It's the legit 40-plus touchdown potential every year. I, I mean, at this point, every year, it, that's on the table, which is actually really insane when you think about the history of the NFL. Even with one extra game, it's still really insane. So he's anchored in there. When you have uh, at your disposal maybe the best pass-catching tight end of all time, I mean, can we say that about Kelsey now? I know he shaved his beard, but what would he do? Can we say that about him? I don't think that's hyperbolic. And then the upside of Tyreek Hill, and then all the speed that they have, and uh, obviously his phenomenal ability, he's anchored in. Josh Allen still is at number two. Allen has the massive upside with his arm, but he also has the massive upside with his legs, so that certainly helps the cause. Uh, and then Kyler, who maybe doesn't have quite as much upside as a passer, but still, I mean, he's no slouch in that department. And when you think about the fact that you do have DeAndre Hopkins, maybe you have late career A.J. Green. We'll see what we even get out of him at this point. But then you have guys like Rondell Moore and, and Christian Kirk, 
and and a fast-paced offense and the ability to potentially run for seven, eight hundred yards. I mean, we're cooking with fire there, gas. That's really that top tier. So the next tier, and and in order for me now, I I'm back to having Dak at four. I bounce back and forth with Dak and Lamar. I'm not worried about the shoulder injury. Of course, tomorrow we'll talk uh, very brief hard knocks intel on the on the pod, and I'll do running back rankings on tomorrow's podcast. But I'm not really worried about the shoulder. We'll see if there's any intel from hard knocks. It's I, I know people talked about six thousand yards. I, I I don't think we're quite there yet. I don't. I mean that would legit. You'd still need to shatter the single season record in you know the sixteen game in order to even be on pace for 6,000 yards. I don't think it's impossible, but I don't think it's likely year one of a 17-game season. Regardless, I mean, Dak fully healthy with all those weapons, and he's not a bad runner either. All that together, I have him just a tick ahead of Lamar. Lamar, the reason why I like Lamar at five, though, is... The uber high floor, I think that gets lost in the in the shuffle, you know, and, and I think the tendency is when you have a, uh, a running quarterback like Lamar that, you, you know, the, the tendency is like his ceiling is high, but his floor is low, but it's actually kind of his floor is high because think about it. If you're rushing for over a thousand yards, right? Thousand yards at quarterback, which is just disgusting to think about. And he's already done it twice. So 1,000 yards in a 17-game season, that's basically 60 yards a game, which is crazy. That's six fantasy points a game. That's This dude already comes in with basically like a rushing touchdown's worth of, of fantasy points, not to mention he's not going to throw for zero yards. He'll very likely you know toss a touchdown or two. He may run for a touchdown. I mean, the floor is enormous with him. I don't think the ceiling rivals... Mahomes, Allen, even Kyler or Dak, but the floor, it's one of the highest floors out there. So you're drafting Lamar at quarterback five if you are drafting him, which I'm not, but if you are, I'm not going to completely talk you out of that. You're drafting him to be an, a weekly quarterback one, you know, with the high, 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 high floor. You know, just know that. The ceiling may not be there, though. That's the question. And number six, I have Aaron Rodgers, and that's a ceiling play because of the touchdown upside. He had 48 last year. Of course, he didn't uh, perform well in that department the year before, but it's a massive ceiling, and of course, uh, no questions about him with the Packers right now, so don't let anybody convince you otherwise there. So there's your top six, but still a lot of interesting names at the position. Eventually, we'll get to some values, but we'll do that after the break. So after I got the top six, and I, I don't think there's a, a big gap here. I don't think there's any gap, really, between Rodgers and Russell Wilson. And I'm really intrigued by this year's Seattle Seahawks because if they are able to get in there and, and open this thing up in a way similar to what we saw over the first eight games of last year, but not so vanilla, not so predictable for defenses, because that's really where they ran into, into trouble last year. They're able to open that thing up. We know that Russ is capable of some special stuff. We know that he has explosive talent. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I'm really interested in Dwayne Eskridge. Now, I will say Dwayne Eskridge is a little bit old for a rookie. So, Dino, eh, eh. But redraft, I actually drafted him super late in the 14-teamer over the weekend. So, if you have a deeper league, 
deeper benches or if you have more teams, then he's he's a target. And he should be on the field ready to roll by the start of the season. He could very well be the number three receiver for that roster this year. And there's some value in that. After Russ, it's Herbert. And Herbert is one of those guys who will very likely go earlier than he should because he is sort of the the darling of the fantasy football world after what he did last year, and, and rightfully so. But I'm always cautious with guys like that. When there's too many people who like one player, I, I do get cautious about said player. Now, I'm going to be cautious about everybody. I keep saying, like, don't reach. You know, people are starting to ask that question. How early would you reach for insert player name, Justin Herbert. I'm not going to reach for Justin Herbert. I'm not going to reach for any player because if I'm reaching, that means I'm drafting the player ahead of where I value him. So why would I value him in a range and then draft him ahead of that? I'm not going to reach for him. And I also am worried about the Dave Matthews band effect. And if you're new to that concept, I've talked about this over the years, Dave Matthews band players are this. When I went to college, Many moons ago, Dave Matthews Band was on, you know, sort of the rise, uh, maybe the peak of their career. It was like late 90s, early 2000s. And everybody, when I went to college, liked Dave Matthews Band. But I don't think everybody actually really liked them. I think they liked them because their friends liked them, right? It's like they didn't really know why they liked Dave Matthews Band, and they don't even know. For example, that song Crash is a creepy song. If you actually listen to the lyrics, it is a creepy song. The dude is is a stalker. <laughs> He's stalking like his ex-girl. It is a creepy song. But the Dave Matthews band, people who like Dave Matthews but don't know why they like Dave Matthews, don't know that. So anyway, <laughs> sometimes play, people don't know why they like certain players. Now, normally it's not a big name like Justin Herbert. It's usually deeper down the line. But regardless, beware of the Dave Matthews band players, all right? After Herbert, this one is interesting. I keep getting asked a lot of questions about this, but I, I have Jalen Hurts at nine. Jalen Hurts, the job is his, whether Nick Sirianni wants to say it or not. Does he keep the job through the whole year? I don't know. That's the risk of taking him here. But at the same time, if Jalen Hurts is the starter for the whole year, what are we looking at here? Six, 700 rushing yards? I mean, he's immediately one of the top five running quarterbacks in the NFL. And he did make a couple interesting throws in the first preseason game. I mean, the, the throw to Dallas Goddard was very nice. So there is potential there with Jalen Hurts, but there's obviously risk with it. At uh, 10, Ryan Tannehill, it's a a high floor play, but a low ceiling play with Tannehill. People are going to keep pointing back to, you know, what he did last year. And I get that, but a team that could potentially have a running back who runs the ball 400 times, and that is not a stretch for Derrick Henry this year. You put a cap on overall game script, and just because you get Julio Jones in doesn't um, all of a sudden vault you way, way up in rankings. Hey, this isn't bad. He's 10. Just know that if you're drafting him, you're drafting him for floor over the ceiling. Matthew Stafford at 11. I talked to my good friend Byron Lambert, who uh, works for Roster Watch, and he was out there at camp, and uh, he said that Stafford overall looked pretty good. The run game did not look good, so he expects Stafford to throw a lot. He said, Stafford, the zip on the ball for him wasn't quite what you saw from like Justin Herbert, but he's still fine. So he's not... He's not a top 10 guy, but I have him at 11 for a reason. And I'm happy to grab Stafford where I can because I do think it's going to be a big year. Tom Brady coming off a big year last year. We know exactly what to expect out of him, even at age 44 at 12. Then we get into a very interesting part of rankings. So 13 and 14, I have Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. Very big question marks. 
very high upside. Burrow coming off the injury, you know, the offensive line isn't quite there yet, but he has weapons out the wazoo, and he's going to throw a lot. Lawrence, I mean, Lawrence looked a little shaky on the first drive last week, you know, preseason, as I talked about on the podcast yesterday, but he did right the ship, and and he's got a lot of interesting weapons there as well, and he's going to have the opportunity to be the guy, so... We're playing for we're playing to try and find the next Justin Herbert. And Lawrence is really the top of the list, but I'll get to the other candidates in a second. Then I have this little pocket of safety. The safety pocket of Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan at 15 and 16. We know who these guys are. We know they are probably not going to win our leagues for us, but they are at least early in the season gonna help us not lose games while we search for, you know the high upside guy, and you get him in the late rounds. I've seen Matt Ryan basically go for free this year. Uh, then we get into this sexy trio of Trey Lance, Tua Tungavailoa, and Justin Fields. I know Trey Lance is not technically the starter right now, but I'm not drafting for week one with Trey Lance. Same thing with Justin Fields. I'm not drafting for week one. We're either of these guys. These guys have the potential to be maybe league winners at the position because you're, you're not – I know that's that's getting ahead of myself. I know. But you're not paying a lot for them. You're still in the late rounds. They're sexy, but they're late round sexy. And they have running ability. They have big time arms. They have interesting weapons. They're going to be, you know, starters at some point this season, whether that's early or middle season. But they're by midseason, they're going to be starters. So if you draft them, make sure you have something to tide you over. Now, Tua is a little bit different in that. He's going to be the starter, obviously. He has a really interesting set of weapons in that roster. It's just, can he take a step forward? I think he can. Then Ryan Fitzpatrick at 20. If I'm taking a late late round stab on a guy, I'm going Fitzy uh, if those guys, the sexy guys are off. Then uh, the last of the draftable guys, I think it goes like this. Baker, Daniel Jones, uh, Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger. I think those are the last of the draftable in one quarterback leagues. Baker doesn't have a high ceiling, but, you know, reasonably high floor in a potent offense, you know, that's going to be more run-based, but still. Daniel Jones, you're taking a shot on upside. Derek Carr, consistently, like, mediocrely good for fantasy, and then Ben, his arm is going, but he's still uh, on the radar in deeper leagues. Rounding it out here, we have uh, Darnold, Zach Wilson, Jared Goff. I have Jameis, Cam Newton, Carson Wentz. Deshaun Watson, and then Drew Locke as of right now. Now, Jameis and Drew Locke obviously could change. Deshaun Watson could go out, and it could be Terod Taylor. The point of Watson is you can take a late-round stab on him, but that's all. Don't expect much more than that. Remember, you can check out my tiers article over at ftnfantasy.com, quarterback tiers. There's a lot of other good stuff over there as well. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, you can always slide into those DMs on Instagram. I'll get caught up on those today, baby. And then tomorrow, like I said, we'll do a little Hard Knocks Intel, and we are going to talk running back rankings. It'll be a little bit of a longer one. Looking forward to it. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out. Out.